Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you are listening to this podcast. Welcome to the Define Your Success podcast brought to you by me, women's long jump Olympic finalist, Abigail Irosaru. I am so excited to bring to you this series of episodes titled The Athlete's Experience. Each episode will provide you with a mini dive into the life, mindset, and behind the scenes of an elite athlete experience, discussing training, camps, competitions, retiring in your 20s and 30s, and so much more. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing this bonus episode of the Olympic experience from my own personal perspective. Um, my path into from the airport into the holding camp in the village competing and just the whole experience from my perspective I hope you enjoy hey so this is a recording of my Olympic experience you can actually find the written version of this on my website it should have been published at the exact same uh, at the exact same time that this episode has been recorded so let's dive right in. So like I said, I realised you haven't received a post about my Olympic experience yet and that's because I wasn't ready to fully reflect upon nor embrace the finality of my Olympic final. <laughs> I finished 11th and that feels difficult to type, to say out loud, to even believe that it happened. But we live, we learn and we rise again to fight another day. But that's not what I want to share with you in this post. I want to give you the insider's view of the Olympic experience, including shadowing my steps from my arrival at Heathrow Airport Terminal 5, to the Team GB holding camp in Yokohama, Japan, to entering the Olympic village filled with athletes from countless sports and nations across the world, and my first look at the incredible stadium. Devoid of people, but filled with the weight of expectation and thick with the anticipation of competitors, coaches and citizens of Japan volunteering to guide, encourage and cheer us on. Are you ready? It's a long read, or I guess long listen. So if you'd prefer to read this, <laughs> then like I said, you can jump on my website and read it there. Let's start from the beginning. As one of the events, athletics and disciplines, women's long jump taking place towards the end of the Olympic Games, I was one of the last of Team GB to leave the UK on the 17th of July 2021. Arriving at the airport, it wasn't hard to spot the rest of my team, a mix of the hockey girls, shooters, weightlifters and other track and field athletes like myself, I believe. I may be mistaken on the different types of athletes, but I just wanted to show you that there was a lot of variety going on there. We were all kitted out in our travel uniform that made me feel keen to hide when wearing it on my own. I really disliked the attention and questions, but such relief and solidarity when wearing it as a team. British Airways were gracious enough to provide us with a meal, snacks and refreshments in their executive lounge, partly to keep us separated from the general public who may not have undertaken such a rigorous COVID-19 testing regime and partly simply to make the travel experience on the way to the Games more comfortable. And I'm so thankful for that experience. The Holding Camp As soon as I arrived in Japan, a lot of people asked me what the Olympic Village was like and how it felt interacting with all these other sports people from across the world. I could only respond, I don't know yet. 
because I didn't actually enter the Olympic Village until July 30th, a few days before my qualifying competition, and I spent a total of only five full days in the village due to the COVID-19 related restrictions in place. (laughs) And the opening and closing ceremony, I imagine you watched more of that than I did, as I certainly wasn't at either. In fact, I spent more time at the Team GB holding camp, almost two weeks, than the Olympic Village itself, which to most wouldn't make sense at all. But there are some benefits to this arrangement. Firstly, you get some focused training away from the distraction, glitz, glamour and potential overwhelm of the Olympic Village, bonding time with the rest of the Team GB faction whilst in a dedicated training and living environment pre-Games, and you get final preparation with the luxury of fully equipped facilities including the weight room, recovery suites, and a therapist team. Question, how did COVID affect the holding camp experience? Well, at the holding camp, otherwise called a preparation camp, COVID protocol was in full effect. As a team, we were allowed full reign of one section of the hotel, including a 20 metre long, I'm guessing, outdoor balcony and a dining hall exclusive to Team GB. We were unable to explore the city and could only leave the hotel to travel for training on a Team GB coach and back. This may sound restrictive, but I heard of several national teams subject to more stringent protocol and only being able to use their hotel's dining hall at specific times and having to stay in their rooms at all other times, except for when they travelled to training. For those 10 members of Team GB, athletes and staff who were pinged off the plane, they were unable to eat with the rest of the team at mealtimes, and they were restricted to their hotel rooms for the duration of their stay, except when heading to training, in which case they travelled alone in a separate vehicle. They weren't even supposed to be able to talk or interact with each other or us. Thankfully, these restrictions eased slightly, but the physical and emotional toll this probably had on them particularly when training for the biggest event of their career, is unimaginable. Zach Seddon tweeted about his struggle with the restrictions, particularly as an athlete who thrives off social interaction. His quote. As a team, we were all extremely sympathetic to their situation and impressed with their performances, considering this added challenge leading up to this once every four years, sometimes five, due to COVID, competition. The Olympic Village. At the Olympic Village, I went from struggling to hit my minimum 7,000 steps per day due to COVID-19 protocols at the holding camp to easily exceeding 20,000 at a minimum each day. My poor knee hated this, but we had no choice. The walk from the Team GB halls to the dining hall was only about 10 minutes or so, but you probably had to do this at least three times daily. When travelling out of the village to the training track or the Olympic Stadium for athletics, you had a similar length of walk. I effectively went from walking five steps out of my hotel room, stepping into the lift and walking another few steps into the dining hall at the holding camp, to so much more. Even the walk around the dining hall probably added at least 1,000 steps to my pedometer as I went in search of my favourite Olympic village dish of gyoza, fried rice and salmon. Flat share. I've not shared a flat or house with people other than my family for quite a while. 
I've certainly not shared a bathroom for the longest time, but in the Olympic Village, all of my standard travel must-haves change. I must have an ensuite. Nope. I must have a clean and tidy living space. Nope again. I absolutely loved my flatmates. I mean, on my first night, I arrived just in time to join in the celebrations and decorating of Mallory Franklin's bedroom door after she wins an Olympic silver medal in the Salon Canoe event. Incredible. We couldn't exactly bake or buy a cake, but we wrote post-it notes of congratulations and woohoo and stuck the British flag to her door with something like, congratulations Mallory, Olympic silver medalist on it. As a side note, you can see all of these photos on my website where I've also written this post, abigailinrosaroo.com. Continuing on, on the night before my Olympic qualifying, I stayed up an extra 10 or so minutes to scream at the television and cry at my other flatmate, Emily Jade, winning an Olympic silver medal in the weightlifting 87 kilograms plus category. She became the first British woman to win an Olympic medal in the sport. I was genuinely surprised at how emotional I got when she got the green light on her final lift, but her whole competition was inspiring to watch. How she lifted personal best after personal best, and the slight controversy of wanting to enter the competition at a higher weight, but being denied on a technicality. It was all so much drama, but the end result was so worth staying up for. Other track and field athletes shared a flat with other athletes from our sport, but I felt blessed to share with other members of Team GB that I probably would have never really interacted with or followed their progress, if not for this flat share. For these reasons, I genuinely think I stayed in the best flat. But what I wasn't a fan of, as mentioned at the start, was the shared bathroom situation. Between five or six of us ladies, we shared two bathrooms. We made it work because we had no other choice. But it was unexpected and probably something I'll pretend never happened if I don't write it down or you know say it out loud for posterity. On one evening, the flat started to flood and the emergency alarm started beeping incessantly. We called a member of the Japanese housekeeping staff and the man managed to, to identify the issue and stop the flooding. I'm sure you've guessed what it was due to, but anyway, the perks of shared accommodation. Fun fact, sharing a flat with two artistic swimmers, I learned that they have to wear this hair gel that literally glues their hair in place whilst swimming. It is water resistant and I've not seen anything like that before in my life. To be honest, it's not something I've ever thought about what happens to their hair and makeup when they're performing their routines. In fact, it's not an event I'd ever watched before the Tokyo Games. Had you? In fact, I'm intrigued. How many of you discovered a new sport as a, as a result of watching the Olympic Games? Question. What did I love about the Olympic Village? One, the Olympic rings. Getting to take photos in front of and top of, behind, around, these infamous, beautiful Olympic rings was probably more exciting than it should have been. I'm not sure how many times I posted the photos here. I'm not sure how many times I post the photos here, 
at least four or five times, but I just wanted to catch the quote perfect shot to immortalise this moment in time, this Olympic debut that I worked half my life to achieve. Wow. And you know what? I wasn't alone in this thought process. Pretty much the only time there wasn't a queue to take photos at the rings was between 2 to 6.30am. I'm not kidding you. But thankfully, Team GB house was opposite the Olympic rings. Thank you BOA for this strategic placement. So I could always nip across when I looked out of my window and saw that the queue had either died down or there was a member of Team GB at the head of the queue to join for my next photo opportunity. Two, cardboard beds. Yes, the beds were made of cardboard, but that was simply the bed frames and they were incredibly sturdy. Thankfully, the mattress atop the cardboard bed frame was designed to be adjusted based on your firmness preference. So I slept like a sleep trained baby for the duration of my stay in the village. And even before arriving at the village, I watched several athletes Instagram stories with horror and amusement as they attempted to test the bed's sturdiness by bouncing with their full body weight and energy on their beds. The bed survived. Surely that's the epitome of Japanese engineering genius. Oh, I've lost count already. <laughs> Gifts from the National Lottery, BOA, British Olympic Association, and Athlete365. Oh, I think this was the third thing that I loved. Yes, we were gifted with an exclusive Samsung S21 Olympic Edition phone and Samsung Galaxy earbuds. Yay! But do you know what I value the most and will continue to use until they fall apart? My Tokyo 2020 blue and white bedspread and the Dreams Tokyo 2020 fluffy white house coat. I love gifts that hit the mark for both utility and sentimentality. And as a fern side mark, side remark, <laughs> I'm currently recording this episode and probably future episodes of the podcast wearing my fluffy white house coat. Thank you so much, Dreams. We also received an exclusive Olympic coin and an Olympic legacy book that I will treasure forever. Gifts like this are truly invaluable and add that extra je ne sais quoi to an already emotional experience. Other gifts included Airbnb gift vouchers, Dreams blankets and pillows, Apple Music gift card and pins. I have to give a big final thank you to the gift providers, the National Lottery, British Olympic Association, Team GB and Athlete 365. Cheers. And now I truly have lost count, but this is another thing that I loved. The Performance Lodge, Team GB BOA. As a final bonus respite, Team GB provided us with an opportunity to escape the chaos, hustle and bustle of the Olympic Village, which truly can be overwhelming. I've just opened my phone camera gallery and the one photo of my time there transports me immediately back to that perfect day. Calm, peace, relaxation, chill. <sighs> I spent the day before my Olympic qualifying on my own at the Performance Lodge and I think that was one of the best decisions of my time in Tokyo. What did I do there? I found a spot on the third or fourth floor by the window, lay on a couch and read, napped and read some more. 
I also stretched for about 20 minutes or so in one of the workout rooms and I ate some good clean food in near complete silence. Whilst there, at the end of my stay, I bumped into several sporting heroes from various sports such as golfer Tommy Fleetwood and Olympic champion diver Tom Daly, also enjoying a moment of peace and escape. Remember my point about Team GB hiding us away in the holding camps for as long as possible before bringing us into the Olympic Village? Well, for me, I'm thankful for that wisdom. And I'm thankful there was another opportunity and place for escape and decompression away from the village chaos. Okay, the fifth thing that I love. Downtime at the Olympic Village. Bible study and chit-chat. Other staples that helped me to maintain a solid equilibrium at the village were the Bible study sessions we still managed to run online with Christians in sports, led by Jules, and the chilled moments sitting outside on our Team GB lounges and beanbags, just catching up with old teammates or getting to know new ones, laughing about silly stories, consoling and encouraging teammates who've had a tough competition through injury, a nasty fall on the track, or a poor performance by our high standards. Similarly, as mentioned above, I loved the high of the collective celebration of another medal or breakthrough performance. Homecoming. Last but not least, a couple of weeks or maybe not even that long after we all returned to the UK from Japan, we came together again as one team and one nation for the Team GB Homecoming. And what an event that was. That was my Olympic experience. If you enjoyed that read or listen, <laughs> you can hear about other Team GB athlete ex Olympic experiences and the lessons they learned on the first episode of this podcast, where I interviewed two-time Team GB Olympic high jumper Morgan Lake and Tokyo Olympic debutante Tom Gale, and a bonus Team GB guest, I can say her name because you've hopefully already listened to that episode, it's Cindy Afili. So, that was my Olympic experience. What are your thoughts? I hope you enjoyed it, and if you would prefer, like I said, you can go and read it on my website. But as I've mentioned before, I like to end each episode in this series for sure with a leadership perspective. But so as not to put you off if you don't feel like you have a team that you're supporting and leading, I want to encourage you to still take hold of this short snippet because we're all leaders, whether we're leading other people or whether we're just leading ourselves because self-leadership is probably the most important form of leadership. So hopefully you can still take some wisdom from this individually and I will seek to apply this holistically, not just to someone who's leading teams, but to someone if you're leading yourself. So let's dive in. This is from one of my three core coaching areas. As a reminder, those core coaching areas are peak performance, resilience and wellness. Today I've chosen wellness. And so in my Olympic experience reflections, the Olympic Village was drawn as loud, fun, but a little overwhelming. It is a place where the best sports people go to fulfill the culmination of years of hard work. You literally have to enter the village to be able to compete. And yet, I wouldn't have been able to thrive with the chaos all around me without stilling from within. How did I do this? Holding camp energy. That's why my time at the Performance Lodge was so memorable and effective. I'm sure you could hear that in my voice. 
I was reminded that rest for body, mind and soul was key to a Stevens Best Olympic final qualifying performance. So although I left the holding camp physically, I chose to retain that holding camp energy and focus mentally and emotionally. That's also a reason why Team GB chose to bring us into the village as close to the start of our competition as possible, to retain the focus we gained in Yokohama, and also why one or two meddling members of Team GB chose to return to the holding camp mid-games to re-centre before returning for their final event later in the programme. The holding camp mentality also speaks to the power of teams, building camaraderie, sharing knowledge, zoning in, and so much more. So, leaders, whether you're leading others or yourself, I have two questions. How can you create a holding camp for yourself or your people to prepare for your best performances? And two, how can you inspire and equip your teams, yourself, with the holding camp mentality and energy so they can be ready to bring their best performances when it matters. Thanks so much for listening to Define Your Success, a podcast about living with excellence, joy, and resilience from an athlete's perspective, applicable to all. Please subscribe. And if you like what you're listening to, please share and give us a review. Links to relevant blogs, videos, and other growth activities are in the show notes. Until next time, stay blessed.